Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Outside the Ring, the most important show about boxing with your host, David Diaz. Get ready for four rounds of sports talk in one hour with an emphasis on boxing, both amateur and professional. Now, here's your host, former boxing great, David Diaz. Welcome, welcome everyone and thanks for tuning in to Outside the Ring. I am your host, 1996 U.S. Olympian and former WBC lightweight champion of the world, David Diaz. If you're into boxing, MMA, or any other sport in general, you tune into the right place. Outside the Ring has been brought to you by Voice America Sports. Um, we have quite a few things we're going to cover here today. Obviously, the, the, the big fight that happened uh, this past weekend, which was the uh, Peterson and the Khan, uh, we're going to be discussing the outcome of that one. And also discussing uh, where I was at this Saturday uh, during that particular fight. I was invited by a good friend of ours uh, to access for event 42 that was held at Sears uh, Center in uh, Hoffman Estates. And I also want to be talking about an upcoming uh, super fight uh, for the Super 6, Ward, Andre Ward versus Carl Frog. Now, this is uh, a tournament that's been taking place for two years now. And... Um, we, it's going to finally come to an end uh, this Saturday. Uh, and later on in the show, we're going to be talking with a uh, former professional fighter and uh, current trainer, Fearless Fernando Hernandez. Well, I want to welcome back uh, one of my guest co-hosts. Get used to his voice. He'll be, quite, uh, he'll be here quite often. Uh, he's one of the very few people I keep in my corner. Um, backed by popular demand because of, the, of his million, million tweet. Tweet uh, fans, especially uh, a particular one that kept on bothering me, it's a four-year warrior, Mr. Larry Bruick. What's up, Larry? How you doing, brother? Hey, David. What's going on, man? Good to be back. Uh, yeah, that was uh, quite an outpouring of, uh, of support by, uh, by Mario and, uh, and the group. So just want to say thanks to all of them. I know, uh, I, I know they're, they've always been supportive, and I appreciate all the picket signs that were out in front of David's house. That was, uh, that was great. Um, and nice job to Matt for holding it down in my absence, but uh, but I'm back, man. I'm back and ready, well, to, ready to do it. All right, make sure make sure we tell all the twelve people following um, uh, <laughs> all the 12, 12 people following Tafori Warrior. Twelve, that, 12 uh, million. They, you got twelve million oh, followers. Twelve million. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Twelve million. Oh well, I want to get started with the show. Um, talking about um, obviously how I spent the weekend with the family and um, having a good time with my boys and. You know, just enjoying time with them. Um, but I also want to uh, let everybody know that I was at um, XFO 42. 
And I went there with uh, Larry Bruick, who came back from his trip from Washington. He's like, hey, David, I got somewhere for you to go. And it's um, the red carpeting, yeah, the whole nine yards and everything. I want to thank Mike Heron, sales marketing director for uh, XFO. And obviously, I got I to gotta thank the, the big guy, uh, Rich Heron, his dad, uh, for being uh, real nice to us out there. And, and um, actually, this was not done because of... David Diaz. It was actually done because of uh, Larry Brooks. So Larry Brooks, inform everybody how it was down there. Well, it felt good to be able to pay uh, pay you back for some of the things we've been able to go to, uh, you know, as a result of the David Diaz thing. So uh, now, uh, Rich gave me a call and uh, and let me know that uh, they were interested in having us down there. Man, you ain't kidding with the red carpet stuff. They uh, they had us. Uh, we walked up right to the right to ringside or cage side and. Uh, uh, got treated really well, so met all the met all the fighters down there. We got to meet uh, some of the the bigger names from uh, MMA. You know, Jens Pulver, uh, Clay Guida. I know you got a couple pictures yeah. with them, and uh, it was fun. It was, I mean, yeah. I, I was really was- surprised. I thought I thought the crowd was going to be small. I mean, there was a there was a UFC pay per view card, and there was a boxing uh, fight on uh, on HBO. I thought it would be all, uh, you know just sparsely attended, but there was a lot of people there. Yes, it was, and that just goes to show you what that uh, sport of MMA brings uh, to 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 events. Um, there was quite a few people, and I, I believe it was a amateur and a pro show mixed into one. So, excuse me, you know, you had uh, a bunch of people there for the amateur kids that just kept on uh, going, and then the professional ones that uh, um, were there. I, and like you said, we met uh, Guida, Gia, and. Um, and uh, Jens Pulver, which was an amazing guy, nice guy. Uh, Little Evil is what they call him, right? Yeah, Little Evil. He's a nutcase, man. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen him fight a couple of times there. And um, he, he is a, a maniac <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the ring. We also uh, were talking to a couple of people, a couple of fighters that obviously didn't get to fight, but were very excited of uh, having uh, MMA um, down there by uh, Hoffman Estates and having a, a good time um, uh, doing the fights and, and watching them. Um, there was one particular fight that, that stood out the most that um, I, I felt there, the, the lightweights. It's just like in every sport. You know, you have your, your heavyweights that tend to, yeah, they give you action uh, for about three rounds. And then after that, if they're going 12 rounds, they start hugging and, and pushing and stuff like that. But when you start talking about the lighter weights, um, from the middleweights and down, um, you start f- talking about nothing but action. And um, that's what I'm really impressed that everywhere you go, whether it be in boxing or MMA, there's the little guys are the ones that are bringing up the rear and, and giving the greatest uh, entertainment, I believe, in, in, in um, boxing and hand-on-hand combats um, for myself. Uh, that's, that's what I believe. I, since I'm a lightweight Myself, I, I tend to think that um, us lightweights uh, like to give uh, more action than than the slower and faster heavyweights like uh, Larry Bruick, right? It, wait a minute, that ain't right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll say, you know, when we were growing up, it was like Mike Tyson and people that were heavyweights, and those guys were, I mean, it was nonstop. You know, you didn't see Tyson get too tired usually, but, uh, you know, then it kind of progressed to some, some fat, overweight guys in a ring. You know, I can do that on a Saturday, but, uh, but you know, they, they, they yeah, I agree, man. I, I watch those lightweights now and, and the lighter weights, and, and it's just, you know, 12 rounds or 10 rounds, whatever it is, of, of action, and, uh, yeah, it's more exciting. I thought the same thing with the 
with the fights that we went to at XFO. I mean, some of the, the heavyweight guys were just leaning on each other, and uh, and it was kind of boring. But uh, I know you you really uh, took to that Joey Deal, who you'll talk about a little later. But uh, he yeah. was he was something else, man. Yes, he was. He was something else. And yeah, definitely, we're going to be talking about um, his uh, um, first fight, obviously. Uh, um, on 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 the XFO, and we will talk about that in the next segment. But um, also the like now the the seating area where we were at, Larry. I think uh, it was pretty cool, huh? We were like, almost like, though, uh, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. You're right. Yeah, it was kind of dangerous. I mean, we had the ring car girls passing by us all the time. So yeah, I I have to admit, I have to like pull you back down to your seat because you were always trying to go over there, and you were like trying to help them, like. Like uh, this one individual here in the boxing scene that helps the ring car goes up, up, up the ring so they don't fall. And uh, I, I believe you were being very uh, um, nice I, to them and very gentlemanly like. I don't think that's what I was talking about. I, I, I'm, I'm more talking about when you you were saying hello to a bunch of people and you kind of you acted like the cool oh, guy and you went oh. to to sit and didn't realize that the chair had flipped up and so you 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 kind of fell on your ass. No, that 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 did not happen at all. No. It did not happen. No, no, no. I think you had already too much to drink at that oh. particular time. So I, I think you were just seeing things. I don't know. And, it was um, a lot of people laughing, and I know uh, I know Rich can vouch for it if he's listening, and I know uh, I know he can vouch for it because we were uh, we were having a pretty good time at your expense. Say so. Okay, so so we're moving on to uh, Francisco and Paco Rodriguez. He's a professional fighter who lost his life um, about two years ago. Um, in the ring, doing something that he loves. I actually was at um, Garfield Park uh, this December 13th, uh, where they are going to well, they honored uh, Francisco Rodriguez in um, the gift of a hope. Is going to have a, a boat uh, in the Parade of Roses, January 2nd, and his face is going to be on there because uh, he touched so many lives. He he uh, with his organs. He was able to save uh, five people um, and, and give them uh, uh, extra extra time here with us. And um, his parents and his brothers, they were all um, very emotional still. And not only were they emotional, but they were still surprised at how many people, uh, how, so much so much people came to to that ceremony uh, to honor Paco and still remember him. And they had a if you would have seen them later, their, their, their face just said it all that they're still hurting for it. But in, in, um, in retrospect, they understand the, the, the lives he touched and, and the people that still care for him and, um, want to see nothing but good. Uh, his daughter is now two years old and she's looking, uh, very beautiful, very pretty little girl. And the wife is, um, still distraught and still hurt. But again, um, they're all still very uh, surprised at um, how the people still keep on remembering Paco for all the great things he did. You know, yeah, he was he was a great fighter, man. I remember when we used to go to all the fights in Cicero and that be able to see him, and uh, he was just one of those kids that just always gave a hundred percent. You know, he talked about the lightweights and and how they they go at it, man. And and he had some wars in uh, in Cicero, and he uh, he definitely. Definitely impressed a lot of people and was a crowd favorite. And then, uh, unfortunately, like you said, he ventured out and um, went uh, and fought out in Philadelphia. And uh, you know, it was um, uh, the last fight he had. And so that was uh, that was very very tough to see. If anybody saw the ESPN segment that was on him and how many lives he changed, that was 
that was definitely touching. So uh, I think it's still on ESPN's website, or I know it was on YouTube for a while. If you get a chance, to take a look at that because it was uh, definitely a, a great story and um, unfortunate situation, but fortune, uh, fortune came out of it for others who were in need. Yeah, exactly, Larry. Like, like I, I had a conversation with uh, uh, his mother that day uh, uh, when I was over there, and I was telling her the last time I spoke to Paco was, you know, we were talking about fights and where he was going to fight. He had mentioned he was going to go out and fight in Philadelphia. So then he started telling me, you know, uh, the fights and how it's going to go. But then we just veered off into talking about kids because he had just became a father himself. So I was like, oh, man, get ready for the sleepless nights and everything. And the thing that 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 um, I re- kind of sort of regret is that I was finishing up my, my, my workout and I was in a hurry to get out or go eat. So we, you know, were just uh, talking and we were talking about each other's kids. So then on my way out, he goes, hey, David. And I turned around to look at him. He's like, make sure you tell your boys to stay away from my daughter. So then I was <laughs> like, I started laughing because I was like, come on, man. They're only season four. But it was just that 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 time that or that 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 those minutes that you say, Man, I should have talked to him more or elaborated more on 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 his uh, reply, on his remark and stuff like that. So it was mm-hmm. it was just something that that that, uh, that struck me and stuff like that. You know, I don't know if you heard, but uh, uh, the Hopkins decision was overturned to a, a no decision. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, that's the right call. You know, I mean, I don't think anybody really cares too much about about that fight it was real short and not very exciting and so i think it was the right decision i think changing it to to that was was smart but um you know what does it really mean overall well i mean it, it means a big deal man it means that he still gets his his belt you know for him it's still a chance to go fight um uh dawson again and fight him because larry in in a situation like that now it wasn't that he couldn't continue because of he was getting hit or anything like that. It was he couldn't co- continue because he got hurt in the process of falling down, and it's under four rounds. So then, if it would have been if it's like the same thing as a as a as a headbutt, so that that's pretty much it. Um, we'll talk later regarding uh, uh, the Ryan situation. Um, you can call the show at eight 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 three four six nine one forty four, or send your questions and comments to me by clicking on the Facebook or Twitter link. And we're going to commercial break, guys. So stay tuned for my thoughts on the Peterson Khan fight in our next segment called The Outcome. We'll be talking to you. We'll be taking your calls later in the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports what's the national pastime in the u.s in the 21st century are you sure think again three out of four americans have made nfl football the true american pastime it's now one of the fastest growing sports in the world but how do we as fans understand everything that goes on behind the scenes tune in to enter the league with eugene t lee esquire as your host eugene was the featured nfl agent in the espn acclaimed documentary the dotted line and now he takes his expertise to the voice america sports channel listen every thursday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. This is the segment called The Outcome. Hey, hey, David. Well, yes, sir. i got a question for you. Um, uh, something I always wondered, uh, uh, speaking of the outcome, you know, we talked a little bit in the first segment about, um, about Paco and, and how that tragic, tragic situation occurred, and it's happened before, and, um, you know, I guess my question is on the other side of it. How does the, how, what does a boxer, how do you deal with that? You know, I mean, you went into there, and obviously that unfortunate situation happened on the other side of the ring, but now you're dealing with the fact that, you know, you, you caused that in some way, right? I mean, mentally, are you, is that something that, that happens? Uh, what do you think about that? I, I, I would think so. I mean, um, uh, Boom Boom Mancini, when he had his, uh, 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 fight with, uh, uh, the Korean that, uh, that, that passed away, I believe he, uh, cause we were in a golf outing for, um, this past summer and he was saying that, you know, it, it does weigh on your mind. So I'm pretty sure. That um to the other five, I think his name was uh, last name was Kennedy. Yeah, Tian Kennedy. I I I'm assuming that he might think about it in, in the sense of the humanity side. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of of he's like, man, I took somebody's life, uh, which we didn't intend to. Because to be honest with you, as as a fighter, we don't go intentionally trying to beat up somebody to permanently hurt them. I don't. Mm-hmm. At least in my case, I I don't think. I don't think uh, um, I, I ever thought that way. I always thought about winning and and nobody losing their life or, or getting seriously hurt. Um, mm. And that, at least for me, that's that's what I can say for myself. That that's how I um, I viewed it. And, it happened um, with uh, Jesus Chavez too, with Levander Johnson, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm. So I mean, it, it like on Jesus Chavez as well. It it weighed on him. You know, it, did it diminish his, his boxing ability? No, but he says that he, he, he thought about it and 
you know, it, it weighed on his mind. Man, he couldn't believe that that had happened. You know, it's a sport that we do, we love, and unfortunately, situations like that happen. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he's... Um, He's he, he prays to God or, or whatever God he prays to, and he's got a pretty good understanding in in, in that situation with himself. Uh, let's. Uh, I wanted to say uh, hello to uh, one of my one of my good friends who's out in Florida listening to us, to Jose Ortiz. Thanks a lot, brother, for tuning in. Uh, I want to start off uh, by talking about the event, obviously the XFO, and I want to discuss this one fight in particular, a lightweight that that was in there that. That obviously was um, someone to talk about. He's a, he's a young kid, up and coming. His name is uh, Joey. Joey, the real deal. His last name, Deal, D-I-E-H-L. And um, I, I thought he had a good fight that 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 night, Larry. What what do you what were your thoughts on 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 that fight? Yeah, it was pretty impressive. He had uh, he had a, first of all he had a nice crowd behind him. I know he's a local kid, but had a nice crowd behind him. Everybody was uh, was uh, you know in good spirits and uh, and cheering loud. And uh, he came out and just man, he he was quick. First of all, he was very fast in the ring. Um, and then when he got that guy hurt, jumped right on top of him, yeah. and he got even faster when he was on the ground. It was it was amazing. <laughs> he was throwing some punches. I didn't know where they were coming from. Yeah, the the speed that he had was uh, was unreal, and obviously the power that that, that came with it. And and how he executed his stuff, he he executed everything like a pro. Now standing up, I can tell you everything you know about fighting and everything. But like I, I was telling you over there, when they get down into the ground and and start those wrestling maneuvers or the jiu-jitsu stuff or any other things you want to call it, um, it that's where it becomes uh, complicated for myself. Where I would be like, okay, you know what? Let's get back up and get on our feet and start fighting again. For me, especially going against somebody like like Joy. Joy, like Joey was, I definitely would want to get back up on my feet and not take it to the floor with him. Yeah, uh, we had that. We had Mike's friend PJ that was sitting next to me, and he it was his first event, and he said, uh, or I think it was his first event, or one of them, and he said, uh, I'm like, well, just do me a favor, man. When you walk to the bathroom, if somebody bumps you in the shoulder, <laughs> just walk away, because some of these little guys, you'll end up eating your arm before you know what happened to you, and you think you could take them, but you can't. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd be crying, Mommy, Mommy, please exactly. come and get me. <laughs> Yeah. So no, I I just want to um uh talk about Joey because I, I not only was he a vicious fighter, fast fighter, and he did everything right. He got his guy uh hurt, and you know he he took care of him. But meeting him afterwards was the icing on the cake for me because he was a nice, humble kid, very respectful. Again, I mean, I mean, like that's why some some people don't understand how fighters can be. Uh, nice people, and uh, Joey's uh, a prime example of that. And um, my hats go off to him. I wish him nothing but success, and uh, definitely a, a, a fan of his. And uh, we're gonna get moving now to the boxing fight that took uh, place this weekend. Um, it was a very uh, controversial fight um, in the sense that uh, the decision making was made almost in general by the third. By the referee, in, in a sense, you know. I'm talking about the Peterson and Khan fight. It was a, a great fight. Don't get me wrong. It was a great fight. But I just think that the referee made a couple of mistakes in there that, that ended up costing uh, Khan the fight. Um, did you get to take a look at that fight, Larry? 
I did, and actually, I was. Uh, I thought I was going to have to kill you because we were sitting at the XFO fight, and uh, and <laughs> you had Tanya texting you, and I had a DVR in at home, so I'm like, do not tell me what happened in the fight. And every time you'd look over with your look of, oh, I know what's going on, but no, I, I, I rushed home, dropped you off, rushed home, and watched it on on, on the DVR, and man, it was it was something else. You know, I I don't know the the. I liked. Uh, I thought Khan won the fight personally. Uh, I, mean, I know we'll talk about about that, but I thought he won the fight even uh, with the two points. You know, I, I think he just did more, um, and I think that the, I always think, and this is my opinion, that the hometown crowd affects everybody. It affects the, the, the uh, judges. It affects the ref. You know, just from the standpoint of somebody lands one punch from hometown, everybody goes nuts. The other guy does, and yeah. nobody says anything. And you just kind of, I think the, the scoring gets a little skewed based on that. Yeah, that's why I, I, uh, the referee should have, uh, earmuffs or earplugs or be, uh, secluded in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in somewhere where they can't hear the crowd. Because yes, I do agree with you in that sense. But not to take anything away from Peterson's performance. Because Peterson went there to fight. His, he was on, on, on Khan doing the body work, fighting very good, fighting aggressively. Now, granted, he did not land, I, to me, the cleaner punches that, um, that Khan did. I, I think Khan landed the more cleaner shots than, than, than Peterson. But you have to commend Peterson for the great work he did. He attacked that body very good. And I believe that was one of the deciding factors in the sense of the way Khan performed. Now, usually Khan's a little bit more faster and more, more agile and moving and everything. But I think those body shots that, that Peterson did, did up, end up uh, limiting Khan's ability in, in that fight. See, like in the first, in the first six rounds, uh, Khan got, uh, Khan got a knockdown. Uh, Peterson was knocked down twice in, in the first round, but the first one wasn't obvious that, you know, they tripped up with the referee. Uh, should have, should have, should have got a sign there from, from, from that, you know, the referee got in the way and, 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 and Peterson, Peterson fell down. But then in that same round, Peterson, I mean, Khan, Khan caught Peterson, but he didn't catch him, you know, with the crisp, nice, hot, solid shot. I, I believe, again, it was uh, with the ropes and with the feet that he went down. And, but uh, Khan caught him going down, so it's initially called uh, a knockdown. And during those six rounds, the, the, fight, the fight was going back and forth. Like I said, Peterson was going at him. Going, um, you know, almost like uh, Fernando Vargas tweeted. Uh, he goes, man, uh, Peterson looks almost Mexican because he was going, he was going to that body just like unreal and trying to stay inside with him and 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 trying to beat Khan to the punching, to the punches. I'm sorry. Blueprint though on how to how to fight Khan moving forward. I think. I mean, I, oh, I was yes. impressed with the body shots enough that I thought somebody looking at that that's going to fight him next is going to say, man, that's that's how you do it. But um, I think Medina, uh, Medina was mm-hmm. the one who started with that, you know, yeah. with with going to the body. So I think Medina started that, and Peterson picked it up. To, to, that's my thought. Now moving on to the seventh through the uh, through the the last six rounds, this is where it starts to get, you know, maybe hometown favoritism, whatever you want to call it, whatever in the sense that the referee was from from the area. He deducts a point from Khan uh, uh, because of the pushing. Now, you know there was some some warnings and stuff like that, but you know was it to 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 start 
really bugging him about it? Uh, I don't think so. In the 12th round, he ended up stop, I mean, stopping the combat and taking another point away from Khan. Now, those were, the, I believe, the deciding factors in the sense that gave the decision to Peterson. And, um, you know, what's next for both fighters? I think there's going to be a rematch, definitely. And from what I've heard on the Internet, that uh, it's going to be probably in England. And it's going to be somewhere around March. And it's going to be uh, a rematch fight. So we're going to get to see more of that. Um, upcoming fights this Saturday, we have uh, the Super Six. You know, the Super Six uh, is uh, a tournament that's been going on for two years. The first one that started it off as the original Super Six were Andre Ward, uh, Andre Durrell, Arthur Abraham, Carl Froch, and Jermaine Taylor. Now, Jermaine Taylor is not involved in it anymore. Alan Green was. Uh, he came in for Jermaine Taylor because Jermaine Taylor decided uh, to, to quit or, or just to bow out, out of that tournament. And I believe... Uh, he decided to retire because retired, Arthur, yeah. yeah, Arthur Abraham, uh, took him out. He literally took him out of the, uh, out of the, the, the tournament. And, uh, I believe he's not fighting anymore. And that's when they, um, uh, brought in Alan Green. But Alan Green didn't, didn't do, um, uh, so well either. And now it's Carl Frock and, um, and, uh, Andre Ward in the final. Um, also, we're gonna have, um, on that same night in Cozumel, Mexico, we're going to have one of our Chi-Town fighters. Donovan the Bomb George is going to take on Librado Andrade for the super, for the IBF super middleweight eliminator. And, um, I give nothing but props to, uh, Donovan George for going down into Mexico and, and, and going to go fight Librado Andrade down there. Donovan's ranked number fourth in the world in the IBF. And Librado's um, ranked number six. So the winner of that one is going to take on Lucien Butte or Butte or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to take, take him on. So, um, next we're going to be, uh, talking, uh, with, uh, Fernando Fearless Hernandez and in the next segment called the Fighters Corner. So we'll be back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to the Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. 
Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. I like to call this segment the Fighter's Corner, and we definitely have a fighter here with us today. Um, we have Fernando Fearless Hernandez. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. Uh, he's been uh, in the fight scene here in, in Chicago for a very long time, has done some Golden Gloves professional fighting as well. Fernando, welcome to the show. How's it going, brother? All right, David. Thanks for having me. No, no, it's my pleasure of having you here. Well, what I want to start off first is um, we left off on the, the, the previous uh, segment uh, how we were talking about the peterson Khan fight. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think that uh, Peterson won. You know, a, a lot of people think there was, you know, it was a controversial win. But uh, any time that, that there's a close fight, when, it, when there's a championship fight and it's, and it's close, and and nobody wins by total domination or a knockout or anything like that, and it's kind of close. Everyone always expects the champion to get it. I guess there's this old cliche that, you know, you have to really dominate and beat the champion to beat it. But I guess, you know, you know times are changing, and people <laughs> are, are able to, to, you know, tell the difference now, you know, and I just think I- we lost. I, I don't know. I I, I'm, I, I think that the the the, the ref, like I said before in the segment, I, I think the referee had a had a big part um, well, in the, the point, sense the of, of the favoritism, the right? The, the, yeah, and that I think I think uh, a referee is there like to really only um, come in between the fighter when it's obviously a headbutt, an intentional stuff like that. Now we all know that we tend to push um, fighters off, but. Rarely ever do you see a point deduction of um, uh, excessive uh, uh, pushing. But anyway, that was that's, that was last week. Now, what I want to talk to you, Fernando, is about about you, brother, about everything you've done in, in boxing. Um, I know you've done uh, kickboxing before. So, what made you what made you get into boxing? What got you involved into boxing uh, and not and not kickboxing? Well, I initially uh, was a martial artist, and then I transferred into kickboxing. I had a trainer by the name of uh, Kevin Superkick McClinton. He used to train with Chuck Norris, Benny the Jetter, Kiedis, and all the all the big guys in in the martial arts. And uh, you know, tragically, 
he uh, he you know he, he caught a cancer, so uh, you know he had a, he had a brain tumor, and then you know he passed away. But before he left, he had uh, made certain that um, myself and another stable mate, which is a popular gentleman here in Chicago, Jason Quiet Riot Robinson, right. that uh, that we that we found a home. You know, Jason went with George Hernandez in Garfield Park. I went with Sam Colonna. He said, you know, I want to see you guys doing okay. So there was not going to be any more kickboxing because Kevin was no longer around, and we were totally loyal to him. Had it not, you know, been for, have it, if it wasn't for Kevin passing away, I probably would have been kickboxing, you know, to this very day and been oh. involved in that circuit. But yeah, the only reason I transferred over to boxing, where I met Sam Colonna and went to Windy City Gym in the first place, yeah. was because uh, my trainer passed away. And so, oh. you know, I guess the curse became a blessing. Yeah, right, because you've done a lot of great things in boxing. But um, what I want to talk to you about was uh, more, uh, not many people know your your your, your difficult life, how your di- difficult life has been since your birth. Could you elaborate a little bit on, on, on that? Well, I, 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 always tell, uh, I always tell people that I, I, I kind of feel like I've been a fighter since I came out of the womb. Um, as soon as I was, I was born, my, uh, my mother passed away. Um, giving birth wow. to me, so I, I I never even got to meet my mother. My father raised me, and uh, my older sisters had plenty of nannies. Um, and then uh, my dad passed away when I was uh, 13 years old. So yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 kind of been rough. It's kind of been rough on that end, and it's a good thing you know that I found sports. Sports have been an outlet, a ventilation ground for me, and. Uh, <laughs> That's real good, man. That's real good that, you know, you found something that, that, uh, that helps you with, with that pain. Now, the, that's one of the reasons why I, I wanted you to come on, on the show because, uh, you have a documentary that yeah. you, uh, uh, have out there and, um, and ex- you explain and you, you tell your life of what you've been through and the troubles that have happened. And those are the reasons why, um, I have this show and I like to put people on that, by uh, other means, would probably not 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 get heard. So, in, in that essence, how can your people? How can the people here listening um, view this documentary? Documentary. My <laughs> fault. That was a tribute to my wife. You're hanging around and, uh, too much. <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. Uh, and how how can people find it and, and look at, uh, at it? Well, we're going to be premiering it soon, maybe uh, within the on um, the next. Uh, Two months, but right now they can catch a trailer, uh, a trailer, uh, uh, a preview on it if they go to YouTube and, and look under uh, "Fearless Fernando Hernandez: A Fighter's Journey." You, nice. you can catch the, a glimpse of it. I mean, it's only been up for about a week, and it's already gotten close to uh, 800 and something hits. So uh, right. I'm pretty pretty excited about that. But yeah, if you go to YouTube and enter "Fearless Fernando Hernandez: A Fighter's Journey." They can catch the a preview of it, or if anyone just looks me up on Facebook, and I can use all the friends I can get. I got about <laughs> 10 friends, including you on Facebook, David at <laughs> Fernando Hernandez. Uh, don't we all? Don't we all need more friends, man? It, it, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, man. But um, you know, in, in doing this uh, documentary, <laughs> here we go again. You know, um, you did it in, in um, just to uh, get it out there in the sense to. To show everybody what what you went through and to help other people uh, aspire that they might be going through something like that right now and to take a look at it that anything is possible. 
You think that's one of the reasons why you did this? Well, the the, the way it initially came about was um, I had always I, I had always wanted to to be able to do for other people what what I didn't get a chance to do. You know, just just in everything, David. Um, you know, just like I said, with 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 very little parenting and stuff, I, I you know I, I always look for guidance and, and, and direction and just wanted to be a part of something. So I guess in in everything that I partake in, whether it's kickboxing or or boxing or or acting, anything, anything I I, I adhere to, I I I try my best to uh, to share with other people. And so with this documentary, I ran across a a, a local uh, uh, film producer by the name of Jonathan Levin, and he did an excellent job. You know, my head goes off to Jonathan. Without him, none of this would have been possible. He heard my story and. Uh, at first, he thought, you know, I was just some barbaric Neanderthal fighter, and he's like, "Oh no, here comes this crazy Puerto Rican tough guy or whatever." He wants me to tell his story or whatever. I was like, he didn't give me a chance at first, but then after he heard me, he's like, "Wow, you know what?" His heart went out to me. He's like, "I gotta tell this guy's story," and uh, we put it together, and and, and it, it was just a journey. It was a just 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 tremendous. The, the last year of my life, just going back down memory lane. Going to the old stomping grounds, the old neighborhood, old Humble Park and Fairfield and Augusta, and places where 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 all these things took place. The you know the old gyms that I trained at, you know, talking to family members and and the interviews and even the cemetery. I mean, it, it just it just took me way back. So you know, it, it was it was very meaningful for me. This is a real special project, but at the end of the day, it's not even about me. It's actually hello using me to tell the story. Well, that, that that's good, Fernando, man. And um, I, I believe that, you know, someone's past and their, their past life, not past life, but uh, what they went through in life uh, prepares them for, for the next journey. And um, obviously, you know, you've had a, a, a rough upbringing in the sense of, of lo- losing your mother. You know, everybody who knows who's around here in the Chicago area knows that Humble Park back in the the Humble Park area back in the day was was no joke. To to this day, it's still a, a very uh, rough place to uh, uh, bring up a kid and everything. And um, that that got you into the. I believe it was easier for you to do the combat sports and get involved into boxing. And going back to boxing, Fernando, uh, which one of your fights stands out as the one? That you can remember the most for it being the the hardest, the the the, the best, the best performance you did, or just simply uh, you squeaked out a victory that you you thought you know was um, was justified or not, or which one was the, the the fight that stands out the most? To me, the most meaningful fight was uh, Frankie Randall, the former uh, yeah. um, two-time world champion, the first man to. To, to dethrone the legendary Julio Cesar Chavez, it was a uh, it was a privilege for me to beat the man, to beat my idol, you know. So <laughs> to to be able to to beat Frankie Randall was like it was like a big deal to me, you know. And, exactly, uh, and it should be, and it should be because I mean he was a, a world champion. To beat a to beat a former world champion, it says something about yourself. And in the process, you were you I believe you were moving up in 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 at that time, right? Yeah, and it wasn't easy. He dropped me, dropped me right on my butt in the first <laughs> round. I had to learn how to come back, get off that canvas, and, and come back. So, yeah, it was it was, yes. it was a it was a it was a meaningful fight. All well, three rounds of it. I bet, I bet. So now, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in the sense that 
now you were a fighter. Obviously, you're not going to be fighting no more. You transitioned yourself into becoming a trainer for some of Chicago's um, well-known fighters. Uh, can you tell me who you're training and and how you decided or what made you decide to start coaching? Currently, um, I'm training a couple of you know up-and-coming prospects in Chicago. I got a kid by the name of uh, Ivan Flaco Gonzalez. Uh, he just came back from boot camp right now, and I'm getting ready um, to put him in the Golden Gloves. I got uh, Rosie Torres, who's fought last year in the Gloves. She's going to do an even better job this year. Those are some of my favorite amateurs. Uh, as far as my professionals, I got a pretty uh, well-known fighter by the name of King David Estrada, who's fought the likes of the Mosleys and Bertos of the world. And uh, we're coming off uh, four straight wins since I've been with David for the last uh, almost two years now. Things are kind of stagnant for him right, right. now because of promotional disputes. Yeah. We're hoping to get him back on track. Got Antonio Canas. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 give too much uh, of David's detail because I'm gonna have him on the show later on. So okay, let's not talk about David. Okay. But you were saying about Antonio Canas. Antonio Canas, uh, the Aztec God of War. Real, real intriguing, interesting guy. This is uh, he's like a brother, son, the whole nine to me. You know, Antonio is my my right hand, and. Uh, He's doing a hell of a job right now. He hasn't had a ha, hasn't had any walks in the park. I mean, right. all of his fights have been really really tough. He even fought two undefeated guys in his last two times up. So he's doing big things. He's getting ready to go to a training camp to spar with Devon Alexander, who's the number one hundred and forty seven yeah. pounder of the world. So that that goes to show you how good Antonio's doing and the job yeah. we're doing with him. Yeah, and a big shout out to Antonio Canas who's listening to us. Uh, go get him, brother, and, and do your thing. Um, how can people be interested to find more about you, um, Fernando? And you said uh, Facebook. Do you have a Twitter account? Well, not yet. I need to get on the. I need to get up with the Twitter. I'm yeah, like brother, you, man, David. <laughs> yeah. So easy, but, uh, he can do it. I, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm working out of Chicago Martial Arts Association right now at 4808 West Wrightwood. It's uh, right on the corner of Wrightwood and Cicero on the second floor there. And uh, you know, anybody wants to get a hold of me. Can like it says, um, find me on Facebook at Fearless Fernando Hernandez, and or the official fan page Fearless Fernando Hernandez fan page. And I'll have right. much more information with numbers and stuff on there. Sounds good. It was great having you. I'll have to visit you at the gym, and uh, we'll probably get in a few rounds, brother. All right. So for sure, not with me. I'm too old for you, but we'll get you with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, forget them young kids, man. I'd rather there go. There you go. There you go. All right, David. <laughs> All, right. All right, brother. Thanks All for right, having we'll me on. All right, brother. We're taking your calls at 888-346-9144. Where anything goes, so ask away. Got to take a quick break. So stay tuned for the next segment called the championship. flagship station for sports voice america sports what if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place it can be done and darnell autry proves it every week on outside the spotlight 
In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Ring with David Diaz. If you want to give us your questions and comments, call us right now at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. If you want, you can also send us an email to david at diazsportsinc.com. That's diazsportsinc.com. Now, back to Outside the Ring. We're back, and you're listening to Outside the Ring. This is the championship round where anything goes. Now, I want to I go back to a, to a question that, that I answered last time where uh, one of uh, the Facebook people put on there, and they said, how many fights uh, should an amateur have if, uh, if he's going to turn pro? Is 30 fights too soon to turn pro or not? My answer to that is that it all depends on the fighter. It always does. Some fighters need more more time, more fights because they're really not picking it up as quick. Other fights need less. Other fighters need less than thirty fights because they're pretty advanced and they know what they're doing. It comes to them more naturally. So really, it just becomes uh, the depending on the fighter and and obviously the coach or the persons who are are moving his career forward. So with that being said, I hope I I answered. Uh, their uh, their question, and there was another uh, question from um, from Corey. Uh, do do I think that uh, Lucian Boot would uh, beat the winner of the this weekend's uh, Super Final, Super Six Final, Ward or Frog? I do not think so. I I, I honestly think uh, Andre Ward would uh, would beat uh, Lucian Butte. So I I definitely got uh, my money with Ward. Now I want to touch on another uh, situation here, and it's the Ryan Braun situation. I don't know if you heard it, Larry. You're a much bigger baseball person than I am, but he he tested positive. Joke? <laughs> no, no way, joke here. But oh. just I'm talking about uh, you've had more experience with baseball, knowing that uh, you played baseball before. Um, and um, what do you think about the Ryan Braun situation? You know, I, uh, I, I found it very surprising. We were actually, it was at XFO when we were sitting having, having, uh, dinner there. We saw it come across as breaking news. Man, that is, that was a shock. I mean, for the, for the MVP to do that, uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, they're, they're, the talk is maybe take away the MVP award. Uh, I'm with it because I think no matter what, um, 
you know, that's questionable. You can't tell me that you just, that was the first time you've ever done it. I know it was elevated well, levels of testosterone, but. Well, yeah, okay, well, let, let's talk about this with someone who, who knows him, who just called in. Uh, Marcus, are you on the line? Hey, 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 David Diaz. Hey, brother, how you doing, man? <laughs> Good, how you doing? Should I just hang hey, up now? What's up, Larry? Yeah, what's up, Marcus? That's Larry. What's up, Larry? How y'all doing, man? Good. All right, pretty good, pretty good. So now, um, you you know Ryan Braun, don't Um, you? Yeah, actually, um, obviously from the University of Miami, he came in a year um, after I left. So he he would be he actually started in 2002. I got drafted in 2001, but um, when I used to go to Miami to train in the off season, um, he was definitely. you know, a player I would see around, big-name player that was breaking all type of records. And, um, you know, I, I still keep in touch to him. I keep in touch with him, I mean, to this day, every once in a while. I mean, obviously, he has his own life, his own thing now, but um, we still keep in contact. I drop him a text every now and then. So, um, I mean, it's definitely, so, I would consider so him Marcus, a friend of mine. what do you think, man? True or false? Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, is... I, I, I can't say true or false. Nobody saw him do it. I mean, the thing is, he hasn't had a chance to defend himself. I mean, you hear a lot of talk with with the media, and David and I talked about this stuff too. Is that you have the media? They they hear something. They don't they don't let the I guess the athlete or the player per se defend himself. They just go out on a tangent, and they're already you know to touch on what you said too, Larry. They already saying, hey, let's let's take his his MVP away. MVP uh, trophy away, this and that, and, and he doesn't deserve it. Now he tested positive in in October. Now, if it, if it is true, like they're saying, um, I still don't think it would make sense to to take the trophy away because he got the MVP for the regular season. The regular exactly. season is over with already, so he actually yep. tested positive in a postseason, and the Brewers didn't even do anything. If anything, if he if it does come back that you know, that he tested positive, then I think it makes sense to, I mean, I don't know, the Brewers didn't win anything, but do something for him in a postseason if he won any awards. But he didn't test positive during the season, so I think it's unfair to say that he's not the MVP of the regular season because it's all based off speculation. And we know Brian has an appeal in, but he hasn't had a chance to, to defend himself. So that's that's the only thing. I mean, did he do it? Didn't he do it? I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously with the reputation baseball has, I mean, he's he's guilty. Yeah, that, you know, that's, that's you know, what it Hall is. Hall of Fame caliber players that have been left out of the Hall of Fame just on speculation of of steroids. You know, just being involved in an era that the steroids were there. So I don't know, man. I I, I get you. I mean, I know we got to give everybody their fair shot, but um, I don't know if he if if he can't defend himself and can't overcome it. I mean, I think that the the, the history there would prove to be enough to take away that MVP award just doing it. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I, I definitely understand. I definitely, uh, you know, I can. Well, I guess I can't say I can understand it. I can respect your opinion. Um, but you know, for me, I think if he is found guilty, he needs to get. I mean, a punishment, which is a fifty-game suspension for the upcoming season. But you know, you, I think to go back, the regular season was already over with. I mean, he didn't get caught during the season. So who knows if he did it during the season? How do we know he didn't have an injury in this offseason or in a postseason if he did it and he decided to do it then? I mean, of course, you can go by his numbers, but I'm just saying it didn't happen during the season, so I don't think it's fair to say he's still not the MVP during the season. Now, if he got caught up earlier, I would definitely 
agree with you, and, Barry. And and talking about the numbers, uh, uh, Marcus, what was his numbers last year? Were they about uh, lower or about the same? I, I I don't know off the top of my I, head, but I've known since Bron stepped foot in college to minor league baseball to in the big leagues, his numbers are ridiculous. He's always right, in the it, top five it, in just about every every exactly. category. Every exactly, because I went back, I went back and I looked at some of his uh, his stats, and they're pretty much in the same range, off 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 uh, off a little bit, uh, on a little bit, but pretty much in in uh, average averaging out. And so I definitely don't think there's any uh, if he tested positive or or, or he de- well he tested positive obviously, um, but there's you got to give the man at least. Um, his, uh, his, his time and let him speak out of, cause I was reading also as well that there's some details that they can't let out right now, but mm-hmm. as soon as everything gets settled in, that they're gonna be able to, to defend themselves a little bit more, and, um, they're obviously they're gonna be doing more tests and, and uh, more information and trying to grab more information so they could clear his name. And I, I say definitely, you guys gotta, everybody I say, you gotta give him a fair chance, I mean, uh, the guy did did a lot of great stuff, and and you know how it is now, all kinds of uh, medications and stuff like that that you could take. They have certain stuff. What what doesn't nowadays? I'll say I hope it's not true, man, because he's a great athlete and and uh, good good representative for the game. If it's if it's false, no, you you absolutely right. I, I think that goes to you know I think the media has a job to do. The mainstream media, at least, they have a job to do, and and everybody likes reading. You know, bad news. Everybody likes re- <laughs> reading bad news, but I, I guess it's really no good news out there. So the media, I mean, you know, all they put out there is bad news when it pertains to certain athletes, especially ones that are doing excelling or doing really well. But I think that goes, you know, that's the whole point of, you know, I guess the the show I'm involved in. I'm gonna give that a plug real quick, which is Life Beyond the League. Um, you know, I'm one of the EPs on it. Terrell Owens, Kareem Lewis. Um, we we got a great team, and that's exactly what our show is about. It's it's about letting athletes tell, you know, tell their story their way. That's actually the yeah. the tagline of it: athletes telling their stories their way. So yeah, Mark is on the next show. Uh, sometime in the next time, we'll, we'll talk about uh, beyond the league. Right now, we got to close out because they only gave me one hour. So guys, thank you for listening to Outside the Ring. I gotta go pick up my kids. Take it easy. All right. Take care. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Outside the Ring with David Diaz can be heard again next Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you next week.